It is your boy, Keenan Clark, and I am here with my good friend, Romero Cortez. We are here at Celebration Church in San Angelo, Texas, where we both serve. Yeah. And in particularly, what many people who aren't a part of our church may not know is I help serve in the worship department. Sure. The worship department. Um, pastorally, so to speak, I am over the worship department as well as young adults. And uh, Romero and I get to work as a team to try to cultivate what is the Celebration Church worship culture. And so if you are a part of our church, we really are praying that this gives you kind of a little bit of a window into our heart, the vision that we have, and even maybe even some teaching, some practical stuff, like some history of both of us. Um, but maybe if you're not a part of our church, we're still praying that this blesses you. If you're ever in San Angelo, please come by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. But again, I'm going to kind of let Romero run for a second, kind of introduce himself. We've been running together for a long time now, not always at the same church, um, but been in each other's lives for a long time. So Romero, kind of tell everybody who you are, um, where you come from. Just just give us the guts. What's up? Uh, I'm Romero. I am... 32 years old 32 30, come on 33 tomorrow come um, on <laughs> anyways um your birthday is tomorrow my birthday is tomorrow happy early birthday how I, did i not know that i don't i don't i didn't even remember till like um five minutes ago. i am absolutely ashamed <laughs> right now <laughs> okay. oh my gosh you're good it's all right once you hit 30 nobody cares about your birthday anymore, i guess anyways, so. i guess so <laughs> but um but yeah so uh I started uh, playing music, you know, uh, in the church around like nine or 10 years old. Um, I was going to a denominational church and uh, it was kind of family run. And uh, uh, I got to um, our bass player would show up late every week um, because he was working. So, you know, I just jumped on the stage because I mean, yeah. my, my dad was running sound. He's been running sound for a long time and I was helping uh or i thought it was helping so i'd jump up and jump on the bass and i was kind of learning and um i couldn't i played drums at the time probably well enough to play for them but they had another drummer who was better okay so i was like you know what i'll just Fair fill enough. i'll fill in the gap yeah you know and i'll learn at the same time so um and then that turned into this whole thing and uh uh you know the music leader ended up telling me yeah you'll never play at this church you'll never play on any stage you'll oh never. my god um so you know from that experience kind of birthday uh i mean it had a negative connotation on me obviously but it came there came like a spiritual burden at the time to you know to raise up leaders and to yeah um to help teach people like hey like <clears throat> sorry yeah you lead mm. you're leading these people but you're also teaching them you're also raising them up yeah and just like this isn't this, this isn't your show right you know this is god saying like you're Amen. you're just you're just facilitating yeah like you know an experience and a move of god like, yeah this isn't like you know you're not uh you know uh you're not a prison warden you're not you know yeah. but but creating uh but in that from that young age was just birthday uh uh just something to to help people and to move people forward and to and to help them grow because i mean you know it more than every everybody else but um or you know it as much as everybody else that you know we all have an occupation outside yeah of this yeah for sure know? so everybody has to deal with their work day yep and then even as pastors you have to deal with your work day and come in to this setting and, right. and go okay like let's push everything aside yep you know i'm um, not saying that we you know 
we we diminish those things or whatever but you know have to push everything aside and go okay like i'm here to create an experience for people who are coming uh to receive something yes and i want my heart to be in the correct spot yeah so out of that experience was just birthed you know a heart to um you know and i look back on it and i was always kind of um, you know, I hated, I hated that time. Like I hate, I hated that time. And for a long time, I well, how could you time. not when somebody tells you that, like, you're never gonna, you're never gonna like be something here. Yeah. What the heck, uh, man? You know, so I hated that time. And, um, you know, honestly, I hated those people, you okay. know, so, uh, it came, you know, and there was just, but with that, you know, and, and you see that all throughout the Bible, you know, that God, God turns those negative things into positive things. For Come him. on. He created just a, he burst something in me that that just that like helps me to love people, helps me to see their potential. Yeah, helps me to know like, hey, like you know, not saying that I'm you know whatever, but uh, you know, help help me to realize when something's off in somebody when they come in and they're just like they're not themselves. Yeah, you know, it, you now know the kind of leader you never want to be. Yeah, because you had that leader. Yeah, right. Yeah. You were that kid, yeah. and you're like, I never want to be on the other end of that, making yeah. somebody feel like little Romero felt in that moment. Right. I totally got you. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, so I started, uh, I actually started going to, uh, another church here in town called Christian faith center, uh, chasing a girl. Come on. (laughs) I had, you know, not that, you know, you chasing Jesus. No, I'm chasing her. (laughs) If she's chasing Jesus, I am inadvertently, I guess, chasing Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I, uh, um, you know, uh, and she kind of like, um, uh, what is it? She, um, she ghosted you? No, she didn't. This was before, you know, you could ghost somebody. <laughs> you, could ghost somebody. you saw them every day at school. So it's not <laughs> like you could ghost, you know, and, uh, and we were, we were in band together and, you know, we kind of, we, we, yeah. we were kind of doing the same activities and, um, um, but no, she confronted me. That's what, that's the word. Sorry. Dang. She, con- she confronted me. It was like, Hey, like I, I see you and I don't see your true. You're not living out your true potential. You're going, cause we were still going to that church. Come on. And she was like, you're not living out your true potential. You're going to this church is dead. And I was like, I was like, what? Wow. She was like, she was like, Hey, you should come visit, you know? And I was like, okay, like maybe, you know, take some guts, um, you know, uh, maybe something will happen, you know, yeah. this and that. And what I didn't realize was I, was that, you know, going to that first service there, like, you know, so there was this big push in youth ministries that were building different style of youth ministry. This is when you had like guts church was doing this crazy thing, you know, and, and everybody had a youth ministry that had worship. Now it wasn't just cause where I'd come from youth ministry was like a small group and you hang out and that's it. Yeah. It didn't have worship. It didn't have a dynamic word. It didn't have a youth pastor that was cool and hip. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, no, I I totally understand. So I step into this new experience of just like, you know, what God was doing in young people and, um, uh, you know, God just like, uh, you know, showed himself to me, showed himself to be like really real in in that moment. And, uh, you know, I ended up, you know, rededicate, rededicating my life uh, at CFC. And then, um, praise God, we, uh, uh, I joined their worship team and, you know, we were doing cool stuff. And we were talking about it earlier. We, you know, we were playing like these secular battle of the bands with our worship team. Wow. And, and like, <laughs> and <laughs> our youth pastor at the time had just this, like, you know, he had this inner, he, he was like, you know, uh, he, he was awesome, but, uh, he would just have this, like, you know, he wasn't scared to get in trouble for doing silly things. Yeah. So he'd call like, you know, 
he'd call these like yeah. battle of the bands hey we want to play and they're like okay well what kind of music are y'all like oh we're we're a, we're a worship team they're like well we don't know how the, that'll be received and he's like well you know we'll leave that up to the crowd like you know yeah yeah let's I just think, see i think we ended up winning one of them but you know, we had a, we'd played some other stuff and you know these local bands here in town it's kind of funny like all these local bands that were at the time like most of them are all now like worship pastors and pastors like i mean there's you know there was wow. uh, there's some christian bands in the town in town that had that um those people are just they're just raised up and they're doing awesome things and Come it's just on. cool you know seeing you know i feel really old like thinking back on it now but you know yeah but those seeds were planted yeah and so uh <clears throat> you know went uh, uh was was heavily involved um you know was doing worship with them and uh uh i went to uh their summer camp i wasn't gonna go uh i started working when i was 15 I wasn't going to go because I, I wanted to work and I wanted the money. And my dad pulled me aside and was like, hey, uh, if you really want to go, I'll I'll pay for you to go. He's like, I, he's like, I just feel sorry. <laughs> I just feel like God is going to do something in you at this camp. And uh, come on. He's like, I don't want you to miss it. I was like, OK, so I went and uh, what a great dad. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was it was awesome. And uh, I was you know, he had already told me that. So I was ready for like a move of God. So like there was like, you know, there was paintball there. There was all kinds of stuff like go-karts. I mean, like anything, like everything you would have wanted, like as a teenager, like it was there, Yeah. you know? And, uh, and I, I was like, I was like, man, this is dumb. Like I'm, I'm ready to, <laughs> I'm ready for God wants to tell me what he wants me to do. And like, I was like waiting and I was like, like impatient. And I mean, it was, it, I had a good time, but it, there was just like this anticipation, you know, like I was, I was ready for, for yeah. God to do something and uh, the last night he just got a hold of me and was like hey like I have big, big things for you you know and just like um, you know and I don't want to weird anybody out but it was just like uh, there was like one of those trance style like you know uh, John and Revelation moments where, yeah, you, where you're just taken up and it's just like you know I didn't fall out like or an open vision type thing I didn't fall out or anything and nobody laid hands on me and I think that's why <clears throat> sorry try not to cry no you're good bro uh, cry <laughs> please cry <laughs> um i uh there was just this moment and you know like i said nobody had laid hands on me like there wasn't yeah. it was like it was uh, it wasn't really during an altar call it was just during this time of worship where god like you know kind of reached down and was like hey like uh i'm just beginning you know there's uh, uh there's more to you uh that meets the eye like you know people are going to count you out but but i'm going to be doing something in you that that people are going to marvel at, you know, come on. Just, uh, sorry, dude, come on. It was, it was just really powerful for me at the time, you know, and it still is. I, I, I mean, still, like, it sounds like it still <laughs> is, bro. Like it yeah. still is in a, you know, That's how you know it's the Lord. <laughs> I had never been, um, um, I raised, you know, like I said, denominational. So moves of God, you know, those kind of things that, that was never really, uh, right. It, it, it wasn't really, um, I don't say they weren't open to it. It just never really happened. Yeah. So like experiencing something like that, you know, and it wasn't, right. you know, <laughs> you know, it wasn't something that, you know, oh, this preacher got a hold of me and, you know, he spoke this word. And it's like, no, God came and ministered to me at that time. Yeah. And it was. Uh, well, and like almost thank God for that, because like you now can look back on that and go, that wasn't hype. Yeah. It wasn't some dude trying to manipulate me. Yeah. Like, cause nobody, it wasn't like, God didn't use a vessel in that moment. He yeah. he just visited you himself, you yeah. know? 
And uh, I know a lot of people who have had a genuine touch of God, but because it came through a certain vessel and maybe the vessel didn't live up to, you know, to oh, be yeah. a man of God, like long term, yeah. they now discount yeah. the word God spoke through them. Yeah. And so you're kind of lucky in that sense of like, there's not a vessel that could one day end up being tainted to where now you're like questioning that call right? or questioning that experience. And so that is so cool. And we believe in that stuff, man. Like yeah. I believe that God is not done speaking. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, the You know, when Jesus is hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished. Yeah. Not I am finished. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's so not good. done. Like he still so wants to speak. He still wants to move. And I think that's one of the things like I want to help people differentiate between is, you know, there there's there's two different forms of the presence of God, right? Yeah. There's the omnipresence of God, which is the presence of God that's always there, like literally always there. But then there's the manifest presence of God. And I think sometimes we get so hung up on the the omnipresence of God and making sure people understand like, hey, you understand God's always there. Yes, he is always there, but sometimes he is, I don't have better English language to say than more there. Oh yeah. Where you where he is showing up yeah. almost palpably, yeah. right? Tangibly. Yeah. Where you're like, it's not every day you're having an open vision. Yeah. It's not every day that tears are streaming down your face. It's not every day that you literally feel heaven grab you by the shirt collar yeah. and say, dude, I've called you, I've anointed you, I've consecrated you, I've yeah. set you apart. Even though heaven is always saying that, you it it doesn't show up manifestly like that all the time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, just a quick kind of like segue, if you will. I think that's one of the things you and I burn for, in yeah. particularly with worship, is that, yes, there's the omnipresence of God, that God is always there. You've never known a moment outside the presence of God. The presence of God did not come upon you when you got saved. He was following you. He's the only reason you got saved. You didn't find God. God found you, yeah, right? Um, but I, I think that's the thing we've got to help people differentiate is learning how to press into the manifest presence of God, not just go, oh yeah, I know God's always there. Yes, he's always there. Yeah. But learning how to ask God, saying, God, that's why I love songs, you know, and, and theologically some people disagree with like asking the Holy Spirit to come. Yeah. I know he's already here, yeah. but um, by me saying come or welcome Holy Spirit or making yourself available, you're really just welcoming that which is already there. Yeah. And that's where the manifest presence of God begins to take off. That's where the goosebumps begin to come. And I'm not saying every goosebump you ever have is the Holy Spirit. So you heretic hounds, like don't soundbite this and make a video about how I'm a heretic. But I do think that there, if nothing's the Holy Spirit, there's a problem. Yeah. If everything is just psychological, if everything is just, oh, it was light, smoke, mirrors, um, the preacher just manipulated you, they dimmed the lights, they hit the right chord progression, and that's why you felt the way you felt, like something's wrong. God moves. He moves powerfully. You are a product of that, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am a product of that. The things that have kept me, like literally... The things that have kept me from giving into temptation when I desperately wanted to give into temptation wasn't just the couple Bible verses I had that I quoted at nauseum to myself until the temptation went away. The thing when no Bible verse would hold me, 
those experiences in the manifest presence of God were the things I couldn't shake. It's like, dude, I I can't deconstruct this. I can't deconstruct what I experienced. There's no way to deconstruct that. I met with God. The manifest presence of God showed up. He ministered to my heart. It wasn't necessarily, sometimes it is through a preacher. Sometimes it is through a worship pastor. Sometimes it is through a prophet. But sometimes it's just those moments when the Holy Spirit, I was telling a friend, I've only shared this story one other time, and it was just the other day. Sometimes I'll go on these walks uh, just to get alone with the Lord. You know, the Bible always talks about how Jesus withdrew to a, a desolate place, um, a, a lonely place, if you will. So I'll go to our state park here in San Angelo and I'll just walk the trails. And I remember one day I was out there praying and I was talking to the Lord and I, I literally talk out loud. Full full tilt yeah. at this at this point. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that anywhere else except when I know I'm alone, right? Yeah. But I'm talking full tilt out loud. And I remember I was praying for something and I looked up into the sky and I'm sitting there like, Lord, and I'm talking to him like full volume. And I'm I'm no word of a lie, almost audibly yeah. in this ear, my left ear, yeah. I heard, what are you looking at? I'm right here. Like, it was like the Lord was like, came so up next good. to me and was like, what are we looking at? Yeah. Like, I'm not up there, Keenan. I'm right here. And I went like this yeah. because I literally, almost, it was like the closest thing yeah. to audible. It was like the step before literal, audible, vocal, you know, uh, intonation, you know, I don't know. Um, but man, like it's those moments where I'm like, I can't shake that. I didn't make that up. It shocked me. It almost scared me yeah. even to an extent. And it's those moments. And I think that's what we burn for. And we want people who come into this house, yeah. who sit under this ministry to experience the manifest presence of God. Um, so Romero, talk about that. Like, just talk about the manifest presence. I know you kind of just shared a story on that, yeah. but the manifest presence of God in particularly um, in a worship service or even just any type of service, like what, what are some of the things like you think help us tap in to the manifest presence of God in worship? Man, it's uh, a lot to unpack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or from what, I set you what, up. What I, you know, from what I personally believe. Yeah, you know, go for it. Um, you know, I, most importantly and honestly, I think, you know, it's it's your personal walk. Yes. You know, it's it's what you're doing behind the scenes. It's what you're doing. You know, I've I've um, like I said earlier, my dad runs sound that, um, you know, uh, lots of events. He has his own sound company. And I've you know, usually if he invites me to go, it's because I, he wants me to run for the house. Um, yeah. Um, not to be like, oh, whatever. But, you know, I think he likes my ear. He likes mm -hmm. the way that I hear things and the way yeah. that I mix a lot better than his. So, you know, uh, I've, I've done hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of, of events, um, and, and a lot of them, you know, worship or, you know, kind mm -hmm. of, um, uh, you know, rappers and that kind of thing, you know, these, these, uh, you know, revivals and different stuff like yeah. that. And, uh, you can tell pretty quickly who's, who's in their prayer closet at home and who's not. Dang. Um, you know, not to be like, oh, well, yeah, they're just not, but I mean, you know, they say their first word, they say their first prayer, they hit that one chord. And I mean, I mean, there's just, uh, you know, pr boom, there's Pres substance. There's the presence is there. You know? Yeah. And I, I'm not talking about like a goosebump feeling. I'm yeah, just talking yeah, about, yeah. I'm just talking about something that feels right that, you know, when they open their mouth, when they sing that first note or whatever, there's a peace that, that comes, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I love, uh, I shared it with the uh, worship team the other week. 
uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I believe it's Elijah. He goes, uh, you know, he uh, uh, all these uh, uh, all these warriors are coming and they they want a word from God. We need a word from God to see if we're going to win. We we need a word. Uh, give us something. And uh, Elijah goes, bring me a heart player, and he comes and plays, and he's like. All right, here's your word from God. You know what I'm saying? There's just some, yeah, there's just on. something powerful behind uh, be, behind the notes we play, behind the notes we sing, behind mm -hmm. every beat of the drum. Oh, come on. Um, there's just, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people equate that to, uh, oh, that's just goosebumps. That's, oh, yeah, you, you, you do this build, you know, uh, you know, you do this and, and, and man, the, the, you know, people are going to feel it and they might feel they it. They may. But there's just something when when your whole team is just, is just laser focused when your whole team is just uh you know they've they've gone before and they've prayed and they've worshiped together yeah. and they've you know they've they fought these battles together yep. there's a certain power that you know uh there's just a certain presence that 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 just happens when you know when you're all aligned when you're all in tune that 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 doesn't come you know you you won't get that if you don't uh you won't have uh, those those experiences you won't have those moments with God right. if your team's not there, without a doubt. No, and I, I think about this like people want to say, oh, like science tells us if you string these chords together, it invokes these human emotions. Yeah. And I'm like, let's remember who made music. That's good. Who made music? Yeah. So if music does that yeah. naturally yep. to the human psyche or whatever the human emotions, yeah. um, let's the, the devil did not create music. Yeah. It is not his thing. Yeah. That's why I think it's so funny when like people act like there are demonic instruments. There is no such thing as a demonic instrument. You yeah. can use it for a demonic purpose. Yeah. There are demonic purposes, yeah. but there are no demonic instruments, yeah. right? Um, and so I would say, I don't think it's a coincidence that God, like with music in particularly, so more, so many more people have an easier time accessing the presence of God through music than they do through teaching or they do through the preaching of the word of God. But if you put on the right song, it's like, wow, I feel the Lord. The yeah. Lord knew we needed that. Yeah. I mean, that's why David, um, he would literally go and play the harp before Saul to calm the demonic yeah. voices and the mood swings that Saul would have. Like David would get in front of him and he would play. Literally, David is anointed in 1 Samuel, uh, I wanna say it's 15, and then all of a sudden, or is it 16? 15 or 16, go check it out. I'm going off memory right now. Um, but then all of a sudden in 17, Goliath shows up. But right between that anointing and Goliath, there's a season where David is in the throne room, yeah. not as king, yeah. as a heart player, in order to put at ease the soul, the vexed soul of Saul. And the way he did it was through music. You can't tell me, you know, all music desires to go back to God. Yeah. We just get in the way. Yeah. That's the truth. All music, I don't care who it is, Beyonce's music, Drake's music, um, Coldplay, whatever you want to say, uh, Billie Eilish, all their music desires to be go like headed in the direction of God. But then we, with our own human will and flesh, twist it and pervert it into something that worships ourselves. Yeah. And so that's there's something powerful in playing for the Lord. There's yeah. something powerful in just getting in an atmosphere where the gifts of God are being used for God. And I would say to your point about it, it's about your prayer closet, you know, that unleashes the power. To any worship leader or to any pastor out there, I would say this, 
Your microphone should not hear your voice more than your prayer closet. The microphone you sing into and the microphone you preach into should not hear your voice more than your prayer closet does. That's good. You are robbing God and you are robbing your congregation if you talk more into a microphone than you do in your prayer closet. And the good news is today's a good day to repent. Yep. Today's a great day to change. Today's a great day to say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, on the inside, put on your sackcloth and ashes and say, Lord, yeah. I'm coming back to a heart of true worship. Yeah. And that isn't when I'm leading a, a congregation or, you know, this is going to be live streamed and I'm going to be able to use this to try to open a door for myself. That is when it's just you and the Lord and there's no need for perfection because the only perfection perfection that exists is in the one you are seeking. And yeah, I think it it's in the private yeah. that we find the power for the public. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, on your point of that, um, you know, I, I think why worship is so powerful. Um, and one of the reasons I love worship is because, um, and I mean, I don't even like being on camera. I don't like, you know, I don't like putting myself out there. I, I know you don't. That's, that's why just, I had to that's just, force you. It's just one of my things but um you know i i the reason i love worship is because it, it's a it's a two-way act of love you, yeah you know we're ministering to god while he's ministering to us yeah you know what i'm saying like there's you know maybe you know we're we're saying okay um because worship takes sacrifice yes you know it isn't it isn't like not just i'm not saying you know like oh yeah practice is sacrifice and this and that um, and, and it is but there's just a sacrifice of putting yourself aside yeah, you know, leading leading his people into an experience that, uh, you know, whatever you're going through, you know, like you're gonna be like you put it aside to minister to other people while God is saying, okay, here, here's what you need. Here's, mm -hmm. you know, He may give you a word, He may give you, you know, just some affection that you that yeah. you were lacking today. You yeah, know, and I think I think that's just so powerful because you know, not saying that, um, you know, I, I believe like you know, like. But when you speak, if you're the speaker or the pastor, like in, in a sermon that you, yeah, you're, I believe you're ministering to God in that way, but mm -hmm. the con congregation is in, in worship though, everybody gets to minister to God. And then God yes. is also ministering to them, you know, what, whatever they're needing, uh, you know, whatever their hearts desire. And I, I think, I think that's really powerful. I think it is too. I think it's, it's extremely powerful when we, we get our priorities in worship, right? Yeah. If you will make much of God, people will experience him. Yeah. And I think worship that makes much of us and is like kind of me centric, yeah. like it's all, yeah, it's, it's all the Lord, but look at, look at my life now. Yeah. Look, and it's not even necessarily really bringing glory to God. It's look what I've done with what God has done yeah. instead of look what God has done. Mm -hmm. And I think the power is in look what God has done. Look what the Lord has done. Not look what I've done since God, you know, touched my life. Yeah, it was the Lord. But look what I've done since I got saved. My man, I turned my life around. Yeah. I yeah, All these things. And I think worship that makes much of Jesus. And I, I think you can hear it. You can feel it in, you, you know, sing this song yeah. and you feel the presence of God. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you go sing this song and it's like, yo, that's dry. Yeah. There's some wor popular worship music out there that is completely devoid of the anointing. And that's something not a lot of young guns want to talk about nah. is the anointing. Seriously, yeah. that that's old. That's this antiquated idea. That's dusty. Let's put it away. You know, we've, we've transcended beyond this, you know, um, weird little conjuring of this thing that the Pentecostals have um, and charismatics have called the anointing. No, no, no. The anointing 
is real. Yeah. And the reason your ministry isn't taking off is because you don't got it. Yeah. I'm telling you, when you get the anointing, it I you can take somebody who is an incredible whatever they are, singer, preacher, and you make them do their thing in the flesh, it may be like, wow, that was super impressive. That was flawless. That was really good talent. But you put the guy who maybe he has a few little uh, fl- vocal flubs here and there. He kind of stumbles over his words. He, he he may have like even like flipped words when he should have said them the other way around. But you have, But he's got an anointing. I don't care how many flubs he has. There's this oil, and that's what the anointing is. It's the oil. It's the it's the it's the presence of God. You know, uh, the Book of Psalms talks about how the oil was poured on the head of Aaron, who was the high priest, right? Poured on the head of Aaron, then it ran down his beard, onto his garments, down to the floor. Like this isn't something like a little dabble, do you? No. This is a completely engulfed and drenched a a a torrential downpour, if you will. Yeah of the anointing. And I think that is what we need to be pursuing. One of my biggest bones I have to pick with worship leaders and pastors right now is everyone is do, if everyone is willing to do everything it takes to get famous, but no one is willing to do everything it takes to get anointed. I'll do anything it takes to get famous. I'll schmooze the right people. I'll pay as much money as I got to pay. I'll get the right videography team. I'll get the right guy to, you know, beef up my social media marketing. Um, We'll invite the right guest pastors. We'll do anything it takes to get famous, but nothing it takes to get anointed. Because you know what it takes to get anointed? Things that aren't flashy. It takes getting in your word. It takes put it, pushing the plate aside. Yeah. It takes actually being a man or a woman of integrity, doing the right thing when no one is going to clap, when no one's going to step up and say, you know what, because I just saw you do this, I'm now going to donate an extra $1,000 a month, sir. No one's going to see it. Yeah. But the thing that unlocks the anointing is the thing no one sees. Yeah. And it's the thing everyone wants, but no one wants to do the hard yards of actually getting anointed. And here's where I want to go for a second. And I know we're kind of being a little harsh and we're kind of like, I'm, I'm trying to not pull any punches here. Like, I'm just going to, I'm trying to say it how I feel it. And I say all of this in love. Yeah. I really do. I, I, I love preachers. I love worship leaders. Um, but it doesn't mean that along the way we don't need to make tweaks. And yeah. it doesn't mean we don't need to call a spade a spade and say, that ain't it. Because yeah. um, the longer we just stay like, ah, I guess it'll work. Well, the longer we're keeping the thing at bay, that really will work. Oh, yeah. Um. But here's the thing. I'm kind of tired of worship leaders who don't know the Bible. That's what I'm tired of. Yeah. They know how to read the lyrics off the back wall and hit the right notes, but they don't know a scripture to save their life. They they they, 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 they maybe John 3:16, maybe a Jeremiah 29:11. Do you know yeah. any scriptures that don't revolve around blessing you? Right. Yeah. That's my question. Yeah. And so like I I think there is this need. Let's talk about this a need for worship leaders who aren't going to preach a whole sermon, but they're singing sermons, right? To know the Bible. And I'm not acting like this needs to be this legalistic thing, but I'm saying if we're going to sing about a book, let's know the book. You you, you claim like there's power in this book, but you don't read it. That's my problem. Go go off on that for a second. Oh man, I loved, uh, uh, you know, Pastor John Holler, I had him for uh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I had him for homiletics, and I took every class he offered because 
I mean, he was just, you know, he was slinging scripture. Left a walking right. Bible. I mean, uh, you know, there wasn't a class we left where we weren't in tears. Yeah. You know, it just, it was, it was nuts. But I was thinking about him yesterday. <laughs> wow. By uh, one of my favorite things he said, because, he, you know, he was always, uh, <clears throat> you know, not that I have uh, any, any hard feelings about, you know, Calvinists or anything. But, <laughs> <laughs> we know, love the Calvinists. You know, they, uh, he would always, he would always bring it back to the point and he would talk about, you know, and this was, you know, back when he, this was talking about, you know, women in, in, in authority, this was, right. you know, this was basic things. And he'd, he'd bring it back to the scriptures where, um, um, <clears throat> where the apostles were, you know, were, were lining out what it takes for, um, for somebody to be in ministry. Right. And then it, it, he would bring it up. First that, Timothy, Second Timothy, the book of Titus, the pastoral epistles. Yeah. yeah. And he he was talking. He he would always bring up like, hey, you know, uh, you know, to be uh, just to be a deacon. Yeah. You know, in the in uh, <clears throat> in the you know uh, post Jesus death burial and resurrection church that you need to be filled with spirit. You need to know your word. You need to be connected. You need yeah. to be. And I'm and, and he would always bring it back to that. Yeah, you know, like just to be a deacon. This isn't. This isn't even the worship leader. This isn't the pastor. This isn't the prophet. This is. This is a deacon. Somebody who's or who's uh, at the time setting the tables and and serving the people. I mean, you're just face to face with them. Yeah, boots on the ground. Like you're. You're not even saying anything. But no. You needed to be fill, filled with the spirit. You needed to be anointed. You needed to be. Uh, you know, somebody had to vouch for you. I mean, there was just so many things that you needed. Um, a good report of them within, and a good report of them without is what the scripture says. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, and that, that, that was just to say, and he would always say, that's just the way tables, yep. you know what I'm saying? And he's like, you, and you, you want to go and, and preach a ministry without the anointing. And I, you are, and man, he, you're about to get, <laughs> I'm about to rip this mic off and run a lap. <laughs> it just, uh, you know, it, uh, I, so true. I, I think we are kidding ourselves. <laughs> I think as, as, as worship leaders and as, as you know, worship leaders are, are a, uh, a kind of their own. You know, they're yeah. artsy and we're, you know, we want to be, you know, we want to be relevant and we want to be yeah. this and that. And it's just, man, if, if we would take it back to the basics, if we would, you know, if, if we would have a small group teaching our, our, our worship team how to pray. Yeah. You know, how to get, how to get alone. I mean, going to see if an eye like that. That was just an experience all its own. And, right. Crash for the nations. Um, Crash for the nations. Sorry. <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> just to be in clear. Dallas, Texas. Um. Uh, in Oak Cliff. Oak Cliff. Pardon me. <laughs> um, I didn't know we were actually going to claim Oak Cliff right there. I didn't. I didn't either. But it, I, it came up the other day on something, and I was praying for those people because those people are heavy on my heart. Um, shots fired. Quite uh, literally, I heard gunshots multiple times while yeah. I was laying in my bed at night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, where, were, where were we talking about? The anointing, oh, the waiting anointing. tables, deacon. <laughs> oh, okay. So. Uh, I mean, the most powerful things that I learned, it wasn't practical ministry. It wasn't necessarily even, not saying, I'm not trying to be a heretic. It wasn't even the Bible itself. It was learning how to get away. Come on. Learning how to turn it off. Learning how to turn my phone off and go into the prayer room and, and seek his face for 30 minutes, an yeah. hour, whatever whatever yeah. time I had. Yes. You know, and it just, uh, um, there was just a freeing sense. If you, uh, I don't know if I led to say this, if, if, you, if you're on the fence, about a seminary if you're on the fence about you know well i don't feel like i'm called to be a pastor just go if you have yes. the time if you have the money if god's opening the door and you're like well i'll go later just go 
just go just, do it just uh, just do it and i mean uh set you know how much more powerful is that for your for your testimony yeah i said a year i set a year aside to go to seminary to be closer to god to pursue him yeah yeah there you have the rest of your life to make money you'll have the rest Come of your on. life to, to uh, not not to be like that but you you have your rest of, of your life to get married to start a family to you yep. know what i'm saying I, I believe if god's calling you there whatever you think you're missing you're not no not at all not at all and, and if anything if you go do that thing without that yeah go try to start a business without the anointing <laughs> you may make some money but you won't make a difference yeah and i think so I think what we want is for our life to outlive ourselves, right? Yeah. That when when our days are are gone, our impact is not. Yeah. That's what I hope. But if you're trying to live to create a name for yourself or trying to live to where you're like preserved in the halls of history and people are still talking about you, yeah. you want to be a John Holler. Yeah. That after you've already gone on to be with the Lord, people are still talking about you on their podcast and mm. your name is coming up and they're like, man, this, this man of God, I know you're, he's nowhere to be found on the earth, but he's, he's found his way into my heart. Like yeah. he lives on yeah. because of the impact he made in me. Right. You don't do that by trying to do that. Yeah. You're not, you don't go, you know, I'm, I'm going to become this household name by trying to become a household name. Yeah. You become those things when you let go of them yeah. and you say, I'm going to literally give everything I have for the cause of Christ. I'm going to, it hits where it hits and it falls where it falls, I'm scattering the seed. Like, I mean, Pastor Brandon preached on it yesterday, the parable of the sower. Like, I'm not being strategic with where I sow seed. I'm being strategic that I sow seed, yeah. right? And it's just like, man, just toss it out to whoever will take it. And you've. It, why would anyone take what you have if you haven't taken what you have? It's good. If you're not going to believe in your own call enough to go so like, it, like set aside a whole year, why would you expect anyone else to believe in your own call? Yeah. If you don't sow into yourself, why should someone else? Yeah. So that's the thing is like, invest in your calling, invest in your anointing, get the reps, do the practical things, but also do the hard things of, of, of fasting, of, of prayer, of getting under men and women of God. You know, one of the things that I'm really big on is that things with the Lord are often more caught than they are taught. Yeah. You got to get in some rooms and around some men and women of God. And sometimes it costs you greatly financially yeah. to just get in the room with them. Yeah. But you will catch something yeah. that will not easily go away. Mm. I mean, it is something contagious. Yeah. You will catch something and it's something you want to catch. I mean, Beth and I, we're big on, you know, even sometimes taking massive financial risk just to get under a certain vein of the anointing that, this pastor has or that pastor has or this ministry has and not that we're seeking opportunity we are not seeking opportunity i'm not seeking an endorsement i'm not seeking a preaching opportunity nothing like that i am seeking hey i see what god has done in you and i know that if i'm going to fully live out the call of god on my life i need what he put on you on me and if i can just i will take whatever i can get if i can just sit and glean from you i don't need anyone to know that we know each other i don't need an endorsement i don't need an open door I don't need to call you to call your friend and tell them to have keenan preach at their conference i just want to catch yeah the yeah. anointing i think uh as i get older uh, i guess a little backstory so <laughs> coming up denominational uh uh you know things have like you know moved with the spirit you know when i yeah. first got into it I, 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 they were really weird to me. 
yeah like, uh, it would just it kind of like it didn't really freak me out but i was kind of like oh, this is unnecessary you know like right. this is like oh like i didn't really understand like hype the, the power behind it you know what i'm saying if, if yeah. it, when it's real yeah and i think uh you know as i get older um i've stopped chasing you know not saying that you know uh, i'm not gonna call anybody out or whatever but I mean, if Stephen Ferg was here, yeah, I'd go say hi to him. Like, that's cool. Heck yeah. You know, like, I, that, I you know, deeply or, respect Pastor Stephen. Um, you know, any of the, any of the people that I look up to, but, um, you know, and not trying to uh, say that he's not, but as I get older, I'm, I'm chasing people with an anointing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not going after their name or, not or what they've done or, or I, like if, if I go somewhere and I, I feel like, man, like they're just they got something it. powerful. Like, yep. you know, that's, that's who I want to be around. You know, I'm not chasing smoke. I'm chasing fire. Ooh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. You signed on to this <laughs> podcast for that right there. That was a whole bar. Yeah. I'm not chasing smoke. I'm chasing fire. There's Come a, on. I don't know, man. There's just, um, you know, and I, I believe that, you know, uh, I believe God references fire, you know, obviously because he created it. But I believe God references fire in the Bible because, I mean, there's just something powerful about when it catches. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, water, yeah, yeah it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. You got a lot of water. But, I mean, you know, once once water is water, it, it just fits into whatever vessel it's in. It's, you know, it, it does whatever it does. You know, you go to the ocean, there's waves. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. But when you unleash fire. Oh, man. Yeah. There's something powerful that happens. There's, you know, there's all kinds of things that come into effect with fire. I mean, you've got wind direction. You've got, you know, um, you've got the amount of, uh, of water in the air. I mean, there's just so many things that, that, that have to happen. Yes. There's just so many um, just calculations that have to be in place for fire to take, to, place, to yeah. take place. And I mean, there, I mean, one, and um, it's good, you know, and, and I, I don't really take, uh, you know, I don't like what you were saying earlier. And I mean, I, like you were you were saying about being harsh or whatever i don't think that that's harsh no i, I mean i think I, I, I certainly hope it's not i i mean people it's not may, meant to be maybe people may take it harsh because it you know it's it's affecting them and, and we maybe we're going through the paces but can i say this if you took that harshly you are struggling with what is called a spirit of rebellion <laughs> that's the truth you that is a spirit of rebellion yeah. that says I don't like things that aren't palatable. I don't like things that challenge me. Yeah. I want to be able to do the bare minimum and have God's maximum. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Like that, that's the, the Bible says this, go to the ant, you sluggard. Yeah. That's something, that's a literal scripture I'm having to quote to myself right now. Yeah. For real. Because in so many areas of my life, I'm a sluggard. Yeah. Post COVID, it's a, uh, it's a little, it's a little hard to get off the couch these Sometimes, days. Well, and even just like in certain areas of my life, I'm very diligent yeah. and I, and I, and I get things done and in others, I am biblically a sluggard and I have to quote that go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Yeah. You know, it's a proverb. And, you know, I think one of the things is like, we, we've just got to be willing to confront ourselves and us living under grace is not a permission to be lazy. Yeah. Paul said, when I got the, when I got a hold of the grace of God, it didn't make me lazy. He says this, I worked even harder under grace than I ever did under the law. Yeah. He says, I worked harder yeah. because now I know that my efforts aren't just in, a, in, in an attempt to get me right with God. Me being right with God is settled. Yeah. Now I get to partake in helping other people get right with God to get the world 
right with God, to, to be an ambassador of this ministry of reconciliation, right? I'm going to work harder because it's now not about me. Yeah. It's now not about me appeasing the big man upstairs. I want to honor him. I want to obey him. I want to love him and be loved by him. But it's not this, every, every prayer I pray is not a sad attempt to get noticed by him. Every time I open my Bible, it's not this sad attempt. Lord, are you watching me? Uh, I'm in Leviticus today, God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not that. It's uh, none of this adds any more weight yeah. to my relationship with God. But it's not, it, it, you know, it's not about it just being a salvation issue, right? Who cares if it's not going to add to your salvation? It adds to your sanctification. Sorry. It adds to your anointing. It adds to your credibility, maybe not with God, but with human beings. Yeah. And human beings are the ones you're called to minister. God doesn't need to get saved. <laughs> the Lord yeah. doesn't need your ministry. The Lord doesn't need your sermon. You're not trying to get the Lord to raise his hand at the end of your service. That's good. It's the people, right? Oh, yeah. And that's who we have to go at. I mean, Paul said it like this, I become all things to all men. Yeah. If, if me eating meat is going to offend you, I won't eat meat. Yeah. If me doing this or that is going to offend you, I mean, and obviously you can then become a literal slave to people and you can be operating under the fear of man and not under the fear of God. But um, anyway, I could go off forever about that. Sorry. No, you're good. No, I just... Uh, you may have a spirit of rebellion was what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think that there's just a, um, you know, um, I think to be able to take rebuke, is just um, come on. I mean, that should be a gift of the spirit. Correction, <laughs> correction. Because there's just it. Because if you can align yourself with your with the ministry, if you can align yourself with with God, if you can align yourself with the Holy Spirit, I mean, uh, Amen. That, that fire will catch. Amen. You know, and I, and I'm not I'm not like trying to be spooky or whatever. It's just like I mean, we we wonder why the world is in this place it's in, and oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. It's like no, the world hasn't seen the fire of God today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the uh, there, uh, not to bring that up, but I mean, you've got that Hillsong documentary out, right? They're seeing a side of the church that that should not be real. It it, it should not be there yep. to document. That should not be. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yes, uh, you know, and now you know people who are maybe they're on the fence. Oh, you know, I wanted I wanted to go to church, but oh, now they all all they want is my money. And, right. they want, and they want me to sign an NDA. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and the, and, but, the, and the enemy is using things of that nature, those documentaries and things, as an all-out assault yeah. against the integrity of the global church. It's not they, they may be attacking one specific church by name, but yes. it is an assault on the entire global church yeah. to attack the the integrity, the accountability, and really the heart. Of every local church, because like if if you if you distrust one pastor, you should probably distrust them all, yep. right? If one pastor was doing this, mm -hmm. they probably all are, and it's just like no, yeah. <laughs> like same way that there are bad restaurants, but not all restaurants are bad. Yeah. There are bad barbers, yeah. but just because you got a bad haircut one time didn't mean all of a sudden you took a Nazarite vow and said I'm never letting anyone touch my hair again. You're like I'm never letting that guy touch my hair again, but I need a haircut. Yeah. Right. But we treat like we have one bad experience with one bad pastor and we go, oh, they must all be horrible. No, yeah. cut your dadgum hair, brah. You ain't Samson. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to two different McDonald's and have two different experiences. I mean, they're yes. the same exact thing owned by the same exact company. Yeah. I mean, it just, uh, you know. Uh, so true. So. Yeah. But it really is one of those things of, you know, God is going to bless what his word says he will bless. That's good. 
And I think, and we've been talking about this as a church a lot recently of like us praying like, God bless what I'm doing instead of God help me be on the thing you're already blessing. Help me be about the work. I don't have to ask you to bless because you've already told me you'll bless it, right? I I read this article, I actually shared this with my wife yesterday and uh, it kind of blew me away because like it it challenged me. There was a guy that said this, I got, I got, uh, somebody gave me the middle finger at the altar and I started reading it and I was like, what? And it was a pastor talking about how he was standing at the altar, ready to pray for some people. And this couple walks up to him and they were like, pastor, would you bless our relationship? They're not married. And he goes, okay, before I, before I pray for you, I want to ask you, are you guys sleeping together? And he said, by the look on their face, he knew he had he had nailed it like right like they were Mm -hmm. sleeping together and um they like yeah we are and he said okay well um i'm not gonna pray to bless y'all's relationship he said what you need to do right now is you need to go home and you need to repent and you need to really consider whether or not you should you should continue in this relationship but i cannot bless something the the bible says god does not bless and they literally got so mad they stormed back down the aisle and flipped him off on their way out Bless our bless our relationship. Are you in sin? Well, then I can't bless it. Let me flip you off on my way out. But how many pastors would have like never even asked? Yeah. How many pastors, even if they were sleeping together, be like, okay, well, yeah, God bless their relationship. Yeah. God's going to bless what his word says he will bless. And we are not doing anyone favors when we try to make it palatable. And we can say the truth in love. We can yeah. say it like, hey, you don't have to have this condemning tone. You don't have to have condemning body language, but you can still hold out of love for this person. Be like, I don't want to pray an imaginary prayer mm-hmm. that go, I, I know while I'm praying it, God's not going to do what I'm asking, yeah. but I wanted to make you feel good. That, you know what that is? It's witchcraft. Yeah. When we are praying prayers, we know God's word won't answer. We are, we are performing witchcraft yeah. because we're not praying to God. Yeah. It's... <clears throat> I don't want to say he can't bless or he won't bless, but it's hard to, it's, I don't know if he would bless something that you got for free or, mm. that, you, or that you're doing at a convenience. Right. Oh, well, well, we can't afford uh, two different apartments, so we just move together. That's, that's just convenience. That's just You can't afford an $80 marriage license? Yeah. I mean, like, just, uh, then you don't need to be married because yeah. you're not ready to take care of her. Yeah. Like, if you can't afford an $80 marriage license, sir, you, you got bigger fish to fry right now. Um, quite literally, maybe you need to go fry some fish, and yeah. make some money. And uh, I mean, going back to the Bible, I mean, there's just so many, there's just so many scriptures on, you know, uh, as we are the bride of Christ, yes. you know, and, 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 uh, you know, he's coming back for a spotless bride. And, yes. Without and, wrinkle. And God has, God has pointed out so many beautiful things about, you know, marriage and love and, um, you know, for us to taint it with, you know, things that, uh, you know, and I don't want to, you know, go off on a tangent here, but it just, it's one of those things of if you truly love that person, you will, yeah. go, you will go beyond, beyond, um, human, uh, you know, uh, possibilities for them. You know what I'm saying? You'll, you'll go out of your way. Oh, we need $80. Okay, cool. Oh, do I need to work three jobs so we can get married? Okay, cool. I mean, it's just, there's, you know, there's, there's just something about that that is so pure that, um, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know if God can bless that Yeah, because you're doing it out of, out of, you know, whatever, like there's just something that, that says, okay, I'm going to, 
I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get in the dirt and I'm going to, I'm going to work three jobs or I'm going to do this to be, to make this relationship happen because I care for this person so much. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and you're proving two things by being unwilling to do that. Number one, you're proving you don't really love God by saying like, I I don't really care about his standard. And then you're proving you don't really love her because if it means working three jobs to be with her, if you really loved her, I mean, Jacob worked for Rachel seven years and then when he got duped and got leah he was willing to work another seven years 14 years collectively for this girl and And it seemed but but a few days is what the scriptures say this story is in genesis it seemed but a few days because of his love for her you don't love her and you don't love the lord so therefore you have no business being the head of a household because you you don't love the household yeah like why would god entrust you to be the head of something you don't even love and yeah i mean i just think it's true and to the point after that 14 years, he, he wasn't even going to let him go anyways. Yeah, no, Laban was not going to let him go. To, you know, to work that hard and to do, you know, <laughs> to be gypped the first time. <laughs> yeah, come wake on. Up, wake up in bed with some other woman. I mean, yeah. that just, like, you know, it, it, and then and then at the end of it all to, you know, uh, oh, you know, uh, you can't go. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. That's not, you know what I'm saying? It, it, we had a, a guy in a, they are still very much a part of our church, uh, Trent and Debbie Mulkey. Um, they would be totally fine with me sharing this story. I've shared it so many times, but they were living together before they got married. Um, they had not been in church for a super long time, weren't yeah, at that point really like averse in the scripture. So um, they were just kind of doing the best they could. And um, they were going to be a part of the worship team. And so we kind of, that they came up that they were living together and not married and wanting to be on the stage and be on, he was wanting to be on the worship team. And so we had the, a very loving conversation, just kind of pointing this out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, like, well, can you show me some scriptures? Like yeah. for where the Bible says, like we need to be married. And so I, I showed him like where the Bible talks about it. And uh, the Bible does, by the way, talk about it. And um, very clearly it showed him. And he said, he went home, they, they, they were, I think they were engaged at the time. The wedding was like a year out and they decided to get married that weekend. They went to the courthouse, got married and he, he went home and slept on the couch that night, bro. And when he told me, yeah, he said he came by the church the next day. He said, yeah, last night we, we, we talked about it. We prayed about it. We heard what you said. We read the scriptures you gave me and I slept on the couch last night. I said, bro, you slept on the couch. He said, I slept in a box one time for drugs. I could sleep one night on the couch for God. It's good. And I was like, dude, this guy gets it, bro. Love and Trent. God, I love Trent. But, and then God has like ridiculously blessed their marriage. I mean, yeah. in cra- crazy opportunities. I yeah. mean, God has blessed that sacrifice and it was a sacrifice. Yeah. They put their plan on hold. They had a vision of like what the wedding would be. And, and they ended up having that wedding a year later but they got married and made things right in the eyes of God. And it's like, that's where the anointing comes from, is from walking in purity. And we're not talking about perfection. We're not talking about this place of like being afraid to step across the line. We are under grace, but being under grace is not a license to be a disgrace, right? I want to walk in as close connection and uprightness and strengthen the spirit as I possibly can. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's really where we're coming at yeah. is, man, if you are a worship leader, you're a worship pastor, you're a pastor of any sort, you have aspirations of be, being in ministry, or you are just a very serious believer, um, take your private walk with God, your personal holiness 
seriously. It is not an anti-grace message to preach on holiness. I used to feel that way. Yeah. Like if I, if I start telling people to be holy, then I'm not preaching grace. <laughs> grace is what makes us holy. Yeah. The book of Titus says that it's the grace of God that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Like yeah. you can't say no to ungodliness without the grace of God. So the, the epitome of the grace message is holiness. Yeah. And that is what grace is there to do, is to help us live a life that outside of that grace, we, were, we are incapable in our own efforts to live. And so if, if you walk away with anything, we want you to know that you're loved, you're believed in. We'd love to hear from you if this episode blessed you. Um, Ramiro, thank you so much for jumping in here, bro. Thanks thank for you for your vulnerability. Thanks. Thank you for um, sharing the stories that you shared. Um, and share this with a friend. If this blessed you, uh, pass it along, share the link, share the love, make sure you subscribe and we will see you on the next episode. Have a great day.